to Hanging in the Nest with your host, Josh DeHawk Alonzo and Max the Turkey Rubenstein. Monday afternoon, and you are hanging in the nest with the hawk and the turkey. We are post-NFL draft, a three-day marathon. Loving every second of it, Max. How how do you feel as a Jets fan? Uh, Jets did perfect. I thought it was a great draft. I think um, they did a great job. They did exactly what I wanted. If you remember, on Monday last time, I was telling you what I wanted them to do. After they took Josh Wilson, I was hoping they'd try to get back up there to try to get an offensive lineman, and that's exactly what they did. So, couldn't have been happier as a Jets fan. I think it's Justin Wilson. I think you said Josh. Is it Justin Wilson? Or Zach Wilson? No, it's Zach Wilson. Did I say – I didn't say that? You said Josh. I I just said Justin. So, we're just screwing up all the way here. So, good start to the pod as always. So, let's get into bird facts then. Let's get something right. All right. I have a perfectly right bird fact for you talking about the northern cardinal now this is interesting because as we know it's a very popular mascot for many sports teams we have the st louis cardinals we have the arizona cardinals we have college teams ball state lamar university university of louisville but unfortunately in the early days of those teams they were portraying the cardinal totally wrong using the wrong color beaks wrong color legs and all that stuff and i actually look back and now those teams have fixed it by changing the beak colors, most of the time their beaks should be orange or yellow. And their legs, instead of being yellow or orange, are actually a dark brown. So those logos are now being corrected. But when they first started, they were all wrong in how they were portraying the Northern Cardinal. So there you go. Wow. All right. I like it. Good bird fact. The News Corner. Let's get into news, though. So we'll start in the NHL with devastating news that my fantasy hockey team finally lost in the semifinal matchup. It was very close, but I am devastated. But, Max, what what else is going on in the NHL other than my defeat? Well, I did, you know, want to let our fans know I did pour a little bit out for you. You Yeah. You were very confident going into it. Sunday was looking okay, and then – I guess it just fell off the tracks. Yes. Yes, it did. But we are down to very few games in our 56-game NHL season. So I want to do a quick playoff run-through. Most Please. of the teams left have between – most of the teams left have four between four and six games remaining. So in the East, Pittsburgh, Washington, and the Islanders are already in. They locked it up. They're only separated by four points, though. So seating there is not done. Boston is in the fourth spot at the moment. They're up eight points with two games in hand over the Rangers. Not done, but not very confident there. So that's the East, all but done without, you know, besides seeding. In the North, which is our Canada people, Toronto's in, and they are up nine points. Okay, so they're done. They're locked in at the, winning that division. Edmonton has 62. Winnipeg has 57. And Montreal has 55. That's pretty much it. Calgary is fifth with 47 points. So that division looks pretty much all but 
sealed as well. And then again, remaining with the seating. Out west, Vegas, Colorado, Minnesota, all in. And they are separated by just six points. Close, but there's a good chance it's going to be the way it is. The fourth place is really up for grabs. St. Louis, 53 points. And they are doing okay. I think they're going to make it. They're six points up. Arizona is there. Not too far behind. And then further back is San Jose and the Kings. In the central, Carolina, Tampa Bay, Florida, already in. But this is where the seeding gets interesting because the two game, two points are separating those three teams. Carolina is up right now two, and Tampa Bay and Florida are tied. Then 15 points all the way back is Nashville, 58 points, and they are in the fourth spot at the moment and three back or three ahead of the other teams. So that division looks pretty much set as well. So it's going to be interesting. Pretty much the only thing in the NHL that has to be decided is seeding. And it's going to be an interesting playoffs, I have to tell you. Yeah, and we'll definitely do a nice preview as the NHL playoff kicks off. But, yeah, it's going to be a good playoff for sure. Over in the NBA, so far six teams have clinched playoff spots. So in the Eastern Conference, the Sixers, the Nets, and the Bucks have all clinched. And in the West, the Suns, the Jazz, and the Clippers clinch. So no real surprises there. What's interesting, again, to remind people at the NBA is that the 7, 8, 9, and 10 seeds – We'll have a play-in tournament. Seven plays eight. The winner gets into the playoffs. Eight, or the, sorry, the loser of the seven-eight game will play the winner of the nine-ten game, and the winner of that gets in. So that's up and coming. Yeah, it's an interesting way to do it. But that's really the, interesting. How about what's that? more? Yeah, I kind of like it too. The Knicks look good in the four seed right now. The Hawks and the Heat are there. The Celtics are actually in the seventh seed, only one game back of the Hawks and the Heat. Hornets, Pacers, Wizards kind of round out the group. The Raptors are a few games out behind the Wizards, but it's going to be tough to kind of keep inching their way in with about seven games left in the season. On the other side, the Nuggets basically haven't clinched, but they will. After that, the Mavericks and the Lakers and the Trailblazers are seven games behind the Nuggets and the Clippers. They are fighting for the five and six seed. So the Lakers are in a bit of trouble here. They might have to do the play-in. LeBron came back, got a little bit of re-injured, so there's a little bit of a scare there. Uh, he's fine, but the Lakers don't look great. They might have to do the play-in tournament. The Grizzlies, Warriors, and the Spurs rounded out. The Pelicans are still fighting, but most likely you'll see a Warrior-Spurs matchup. The Grizzlies will end up taking on one of the Mavericks-Lakers. That's will be good. LeBron and Anthony Davis, um, you know, they need to get healthy and be able to figure this out try to make a deep playoff run and try to repeat as champions. So that is the NBA outlook. Wow. Looking good. I really got to tell you that playing game scenario is very interesting. It's kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely different. Yeah. But I do like it, you know, it kind of guarantees that seven, eight team, like one of them gets, gets a spot, like, mm -hmm. which I like that they play each other to do that versus having to maybe get upset by these nine tens. So right. yeah, a little different, but I like it. All right, moving on to the MLB. Josh, any news you wanted to bring up in the MLB? Well, first, I mean, we'll get into pickups, obviously, in a little bit, but I just want to, you know, give myself a little pat on the back here. Um, all three of my pickups last week are looking pretty good. Uh, not that that's news for, like, general news, but I feel pretty good about my pickups. Jesus Aguilar continues his Nice run, another three home runs, six RBIs, and five runs since I've told you to pick him up. 
And Kyle Gibson got another quality start with four Ks and only one earned run. So, to me, that's some solid baseball news right there. That's pretty great. I mean, that's pretty great. So, I think, you you know, I'll be giving out some more pickups later, but my pickup's looking pretty good. Um, The Yankees made a trade last week. They moved Mike Talkman. So, a little bit of, you know, we have too much depth in the outfield. He goes to the Giants as they're a little bit banged up out there. They need some help. Um, and he already helped the Giants pull out, pull, excuse me, pull out a win uh, in his new home. So I think that's a big one there. Other than that, I think you know it was some good baseball over the last couple of games. Um, uh, sorry, last couple of days, but I, you know I don't have too much news, Max. What about you? I mean, Corey Kluber, man, what are we? What are we? Is he back? I'm like, you know, I gotta wait. It's gotta, we gotta take some time here. It was eight innings, ten Ks. I know it was Detroit, but that's still pretty good. I mean, that's what he should be doing against Detroit. So, yes, I think, like, the Yankees have been struggling most of the season. I've not been happy with how they've been playing. So, I am not thrilled overall about how they're playing. So, I'm not putting a lot of stock into anything. But, yes, I'm happy. The Yankees were able to sweep the Tigers. They get their record up to 500. But listen to what we just said. The Tigers, of course, you yeah. know, for the better. So, so besides that, Max Scherzer pitched a complete game and then ran off because his wife was having a baby and he was able to make it in time for the wow. delivery. So good for Max Scherzer. He know he had to finish that game real quick, was able to get out of there. This is interesting. Ace pitcher Jesus Lizardo breaks his pinky while playing a video game. Josh, in this game, was he winning or losing? Uh, my, my, uh, I mean, he lost mentally. because Without a know. doubt. Yeah, it's a lose. I mean, you got to assume you're not banging controllers or smashing hands when you're winning a game. So that's my yeah. thought, too. He's going to be out for a little bit, too, which is absolutely crazy. Yeah, that, that stinks. You know, I, when I think about injuries, and there's, there continues to be a lot of them, as Dustin May, you know, just went on the IL. Yep. But this is not what you would expect when you're thinking of injuries in, in baseball right no, now. No, but let's remember, this is a sport where I think Sammy Sosa sneezed and went on the DL, if I'm not mistaken. That sounds likely. Sounds like that. All right. So besides that, in the MLB, I just want to go over some names. I mean, we are done with April. It is now May. So all these trends are going to start taking shape. Mike Trout, 413 batting average, as we all expected. Byron Buxton, still over that 400 batting average. Obviously, yeah, he's, he's having a good season. Yeah, Buxton is killing it. His thing, if he stays healthy, he could have a real run at this time. We have nine home runs. As our leaders, four people, J.D. Martinez, Castellanos, Chris Bryant, and Ronald Acuna. So that's pretty good there. We have seven people with eight home runs. So, so far, I mean, that ball's coming out of the uh, stadium. So all these people that are saying about the, you know, changing the ball and changing the stadiums, we're still getting home runs. So I think that's pretty good there. I'm also happy just on a personal note. I really like Chris Bryant as a player. He's had a couple of eh, seasons in the last couple of years. So it's nice to see him kind of getting back into the swing of things. He's in a contract year. Could yep. be good things for him to come. That's why. So um, I do think that's surprising, but yeah, good for him. Jamie right. Martinez, 26 RBIs. Nate Lowe, second place with 24. Josh, killing it. I mean, you called that from the beginning. That was like, that was four weeks ago, I think, or something like that. Yeah, he was one of my early pickups. Also playing extremely well. Yeah, you know, again, get on the Hawks pickup train when it comes to fantasy baseball. I've been on fire. So we'll have a couple, three more names coming at you very shortly. Absolutely. All right, now going to the pitcher's side. These names, pretty much what we all expected. Shane Bieber, 
uh, Cole and Jake DeGrom leading the league in strikeouts. Bieber's got 68. Cole got 62. DeGrom with 59. But DeGrom has one less game pitched. So if he just does what he normally does, he should be at the top of that list when that is all said and done. I like how you had to call that out as a Met fan. You want to make sure that he got his due. Well, I was looking at it and I was curious. And then I was like, oh, he's only pitched five games. It makes sense now. (laughs) So speaking of other Mets, Jacob DeGrom leading the league with a .5 ERA. Danny Duffy on Kansas City, who is the first place Kansas City, a .6 ERA going into it. Jake Flaherty leading the league with five wins. Melanson with nine saves. And there are five more with seven saves. So as we approach May now, it's going to be interesting to see which trends are real and which ones are not. I'll tell you this. If the Royals hold out, you and I are going to look like geniuses. We should have put we money on that. them in the World, in the world we Series. We called that right from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So, all right. Let's get into a little bit of NFL news real fast here. Teddy Bridgewater traded to the Denver Broncos for a six-round pick. They're going to have a full-on competition with Teddy B and Drew Locke. And as you look into their draft, they did not go quarterback. So this was their set on those two guys, at least for this year. Aaron Rodgers wants out of Green Bay, Matt. Where, if anywhere, well, one, do you think he'll get traded? And if he does... Where would be the ideal spot for Aaron Rodgers to go? And you can't um, say the Jets. Well, I'm, I'm, oh, God, no. I'm wondering if ABC, as the Jeopardy, has decided to make a trade and Aaron Rodgers <laughs> will be acquired to Jeopardy. There's absolutely no way Aaron Rodgers will get traded. He may want it, but again, I don't think he will ever play for another team. When he leaves Green Bay, that'll be when he retires and possibly be host of Jeopardy. If I was a Obviously, you know, thinking here, Denver would look really nice for Aaron Rodgers. That would pretty much give him a team, you know, seeing Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes two times a year would be pretty great as well. Yeah, I think there's a couple different teams Aaron Rodgers could go and, you know, make it work. Imagine, like, the Saints made a trade for Aaron Rodgers and put him in that division right now with Tom Brady and – take over that Drew Brees team. I think that would be interesting. That would be pretty good. The other thing I saw out there in the uh, NFL, Charles Leno, left tackle of the Bears, was released. It looks like Tevin Jenkins, the left tackle they took in the draft, will be the guy go forward. But Leno is a pretty solid left tackle, so any team needing a left tackle out there, he's going to be someone to go out there and get. Yeah, absolutely. Behind the line. All right, that's the news, Max. Unless you got anything else. I'm all good. Moving on. Moving on. Let's talk about some bets and pickups for the week. Where do you want to start, Max? Let's do pickups because you're riding a hot train. I want to keep that going. All right. So I'm only I only had MLB pickups this week. I wanted to start with a little bit of different of a hitting position. I was looking at catcher. Catchers are hard. Wilson Contreras is banged up. Yep. Travis Darno is on the DL for 60 he days. Might, he honestly might not even play the rest of the year. Yeah, that's devastating. The Braves got to be pissed about that. They they seem to keep getting some injuries out there. So I was looking at Mitch Garver. He's out there for a lot of people. His last week, three runs, three home runs, six RBIs, and batted 267. Now, at a catching position, if you can bat around 250, I'm feeling pretty good. Most catchers aren't 300 hitters. There are a few anomalies out there. But I like Mitch Garver for a hitter. 
in the catching position. Minnesota Twins there. The starting pitcher, John Gant, St. Louis. Last two starts. He's also already on my roster, but, you know, he's not really picked up in a lot of leagues yet. Two wins, seven Ks, .082 ERA, and a quality start. He could have had two quality starts. He only went five innings. They've been stretching him out more and more. I like this kid a lot. He's been really good. And St. Louis has been playing pretty well. So give me Gant there. And then finally for relievers, I'm looking at Rafael Dolis, Toronto Blue Jays. He's splitting time, but again, we're looking for saves and opportunities. He has three saves in the last two weeks, so I'm liking that. Again, he's not the everyday closer. They are splitting it, matchup dependent, but he will get opportunities week over week to get saves. So those are my three guys. I will just add two, which I didn't mention earlier. I know Gibson and Aguilar done well. Jake Dykeman, who I also brought up last week, have gone four innings last week. One win, one hit, four Ks, none earned. So no saves, but he would have got you a win. And if you have oh, – sorry, not hit, it holds. He would have got you a hold and a win, depending if you have holds in your league. So – and not hurting you at all, but zero ERA and four Ks. So it's – you know, relievers are tough. So you get out – get what you can out of them. They are tough, and they, like, keep changing. I know they got Trevino there as well. So they keep going back and forth. Uh, Gant is good. I had – I talked about him uh, either last week or the week before as a guy to keep your eye on. So – I like what you're thinking there. <clears throat> All right, so for me, I went two hitters and a pitcher. Starting with the pitcher, Logan Webb on San Francisco. Two quality starts in his last two games, 12 Ks in those 13 innings. Plays in a big ballpark. My only issue with him is he's in a tough division. So if you have to play in Colorado, it's going to be tough. You know, you got Dodgers and Padres, so that's going to be interesting there. But he is on a good roll right now, so keep your eye on him. The two bit uh, batters I have, is Austin Riley on the Braves and Austin Hayes on the Baltimore Orioles. Okay, now, I know what you're thinking. Baltimore Orioles, they suck. But this lineup is actually hitting. You know, they're, they're in games. They're definitely competing. He is getting regular playing time. He's now hitting second in that lineup. Six hits in his last five games. Four runs, four home runs, eight RBIs. He's hitting 261 in the last, uh, I think it was last 10 games. So he's doing some damage there, having an 863 uh, OPS, which is great for what you see. But now let's talk to Austin Riley. First of all, third baseman outfield eligibility, which is always good there. Hitting 474 with a 1328 OPS. This guy is straight hitting the crap out of the ball. Seven-game hitting streak, three home runs, seven RBIs. He is batting low in the lineup, but like we talked about with Travis Darnot. He can move up. The lineup's going to be good no matter what. Going to get runs and RBIs. So those are my three guys to look for to pick up. Yeah, I like Austin Riley a lot. A lot of potential there. Hoping that he keeps hit playing well. Mm-hmm. All right, so parlays and bets. Josh, how'd you do last week? Well, I went four for four in the NFL draft with my bets. Let's just do a quick overview of that. I said over four and a half in the wide receivers, five were drafted in the first round. The over changed. When I told everyone last week, I said it was 0.5. It moved up to point uh, to 1.5. Either way, you would have been covered by taking the over there as two RBs got drafted, so I was good there. Najee Harris was the first RB off the board to the Steelers at pick number 24. Pick number 25 was Travis Etienne, but I was correct there as well. And Trey Lance was a top 10 pick as he went third overall to the San Francisco 49ers. The Hawk went four for four 
on his bets in the NFL draft. Very nice. So let's keep it going, Josh. Where are we going today? Yeah, so I didn't post this out there on Twitter yet, but I'll do that right after the pod here. I'm going the Phillies, uh, Phillies, Philadelphia 76ers. I got a baseball and basketball matchup here. So 76ers minus five against the Bulls. The Bulls have been getting blown out. Sixers are looking great. I'm taking Jazz money line against the Spurs. Give me the Royals with uh, one and a half plus one and a half over the Indians. And I'm taking the Angels getting one and a half. And I can't read my writing on who they're playing. I think it's the Rays, though. But I'll take the Angels. Yeah, Angels one and a half. So that'll be my four-team parlay. Two basketball, two baseball, starting to mix it up as the NBA season is on its way to the end. All right, nice. So for me, last Monday, I made five bets, and I said you can do just NHL. I added a little bit of hockey in there. If you did just NHL, I went three for three, picking Edmonton. The uh, under in the L.A. Anaheim game and the over in the Arizona San Jose. In baseball, I said San Francisco money line against Colorado. They blew them out. The one game I got wrong, the Dodgers losing to the Reds 5-3, which is shocking. But like I said, 4-5 is not bad. But if you did just NHL, you would have had it. So moving over to today, I'm doing late night games. I'm giving you plenty of time to get these in. Minnesota money line. Versus, um, yeah, Minnesota money line versus Vegas. Tough matchup. Minnesota needs to win that game to try to win that division. Uh, they've won four their last four head-to-head games, so I'm feeling confident there. I got Edmonton minus 1.5 against Vancouver. Edmonton has won three of five, and, Edmund, uh, and Vancouver has lost five of six. So I'm really going with the roll there. And then last one, Colorado minus 1.5 over San Jose. Colorado has won five of six. They've outscored San Jose 23-11 to 11 in the games they played against each other. So give me that. And then adding some two baseballs in there as well. Tampa Bay Angels over. Okay, the matchups are going to be interesting. I don't think Otani's going to pitch today because he's had, hurt his elbow. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game there. And then the other over I'm doing is Toronto and Oakland. Okay, the teams are 6-4 and four against the over-under. And it's Mats against Montas. And I guarantee you one of the pitchers does not have a good game. As a Mets fan, I don't trust Mats with the start that he's on. So that's what I'm doing there. So pick just NHL again, add the baseballs in there, and do what makes you happy. Yeah, I like it. We'll get, and Max's bet is already posted on Twitter, and mine will be up there as well. Yes. Court is in session. All right, let's get into the NFL draft recap. Max and I didn't do well in our picks, but Max did better than I did. Thank you, thank you. So you technically went 5 of 16, and the reason I say you technically went 5 of 16 is that three of your correct picks were the correct, either the correct spot of the person, but maybe a different team, or the team traded out of the spot, but still got the guy that you predicted. Of course. So let's just go over that real quick. So obviously, you had the second pick in the draft. You went Zach Wilson of the Jets. Of course, that was correct. Easy. So check that off. Number four, you had Kyle Pitts going to the Atlanta Falcons. That also is correct. And the Falcons actually just chose not to pick up Hayden Hurst's fifth-year option. So Hayden Hurst, solid tight end, will be out there next season for someone to pick up. So 
Yeah, that, that will work out for them. But obviously, Kyle Pitts is the future there in Atlanta. Next, the Eagles. You correctly picked that Devontae Smith would go to the Eagles at number 12, but they actually jumped up to number 10 to get him. Yep. They jumped the Giants, who apparently did want him. They traded with my Cowboys. We got an extra third-round pick out of it. And they're getting Micah Parsons. Thrilled by that move, but you got that correct. The next one, interesting. You had the Vikings getting Vera Tucker, but your Jets, as you correctly called out, did trade up to go get him, and that was in the same pick at the where Vera Tucker would have went. Yeah, his favorite number is 15. That's why I knew that was going to happen. Ah, got it, got it. Okay. Or something like that. 16, I think it was, or 14. And then you had Chicago getting Kadarius Tony in the 20th pick. That ended up being the Giants going there. But they did take the this the player that you named. So that was correct as well. Wow. Interesting. So, interesting. For me, two out of 16, not great. It was a weird draft, you asked me. Yeah. Of course, I got uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, of course. I would hope you get that one right. And then I got Richard Slater, number 13, to the Chargers. And to me, that was a steal for them. A lot of people actually had him graded higher than a pan and egg school. And yeah. it leads me perfectly into – our top three, bottom three teams of the NFL draft. And I think I'm just going to start there, Max. I'm going to make it a little bit easier on you, give you a minute to get ready with yours. I'll give you my first best draft. I'm giving it to the Chargers. So they did what I think they needed to do. They made smart moves to fill holes that they had. So the first thing they did was get Rashawn Slater. They got a left tackle for Justin Herbert. They signed Corey Lindsey and Matt Fillier. They rebuilt the entire offensive line between the draft and free agency. So I think that was a smart move there. They drafted Asante Samuel Jr., who fell into the second round pretty far. I was pissed the Cowboys didn't get him. They yeah. took some kid from Kentucky, I don't understand. So they had him fall to him. Then they got a receiver in Josh Palmer, who people really like. Has the ability to learn under Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. Mike Williams' contract is up next season, so Palmer could step in. And then they got Trey McKitty, another interesting prospect because he's a tight end, a little bit raw. They got Jared Cook temporarily to replace Hunter Henry. But McKitty played at Georgia, has a ton of potential, and we'll get to learn under there. So they got needs with without having to do a whole lot. The draft kind of fell to them, and they made smart picks. And picks for most people had their players graded slightly higher than where they were drafted. So it was a win for the Chargers in my mind. Okay, yeah, Chargers definitely had a good draft. Like you said, that steal in the first round, I think, made their draft. They knew it was going to be a good one after that. Yep. I am going with the team that made a huge splash in the draft, trading up to get their future quarterback, their star. The Bears had a really good draft. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's almost like the GM and the coach are like, okay, our butts are on the line. We should probably do what we're supposed to do. Okay. So the Bears traded up, get Landry Fields. That is going to be – I'm sorry, not Landry Fields. Justin Fields. <laughs> um, they traded up to get Fields, and then not only did they get their quarterback, they protected them. They redid that whole offensive line. Okay, they drafted Tevin Jenkins, like you were just saying. Okay, and then they had the Missouri uh, offensive tackle in Larry Bourne as well. So they really trying to protect their star quarterback. They got some good pieces later in the draft on defense. They added their wide receiver as well. I'm sorry, they added a lot of offensive weapons later in the draft, getting some wide receivers. Always good options to have. So I think they did a really good job there as well. So I like the Bears. I thought they had a great draft. Josh, like where are you going with your second team? 
I'm sticking in the NFC North, and I'm going the Minnesota Vikings. So first, they trade to get extra picks, which is sometimes that value can matter here, which I like what they did. They end up taking Christian Darisaw, left tackle. He's basically already penciled in as their starter. He is big, aggressive out there, and huge help for that run game. I'm a big Dalvin Cook fan. That's going to be a big move for them. They also got a guard in Wyatt Downs, Ohio State. Big help on the offensive line, too. Great with the run game. He's a big body out there. He's going to help them there. Then they get the quarterback. They get Kellen Mond, future QB, Kirk Cousins contract up in two years. Mond is definitely a project, but now he doesn't have to start. He's going to be their backup. He's going to learn under Kirk Cousins. Cousins contract will be up in two years, and they'll be able to see if they really have something in this kid in the short term and see if it ends up panning out in the longer term. So I kind of like that there. They got two defensive ends and, or, you know, kind of a hybrid end and an outside linebacker. Zimmerman is known for doing really well with those later round picks, third, three through four, and kind of turning them into good defensive players. So I think they improved their defense. They got a left tackle and a guard and a future QB. I just like the moves that they made to kind of solidify that offensive line, got some depth in the defense, and have a future QB prospect that could pan out big for them. Okay. Vikings, like you said, good, good, good draft. All right, I'm moving to the Eagles, okay, because I'm thinking about the future. I'm thinking, what is Devontae Smith and Jalen Ray are going to do, okay? I think that's an amazing pair duo that they're going to have for years to come. It's going to make the quarterback look great. I, I think right there, you know, it's great. And then they signed or they drafted Landon Dickinson, okay, who plays pretty much the entire line. He could move to guard, tackle. He could play center. And they're already looking at him being an option when Kelsey retires. So I like that move there. And another kind of under the radar move was they drafted a running back, Kenneth Ginwall, who is a phenomenal receiver. Okay. He's small. This is a Darren Sproles role that I think the Eagles really like to have. Okay. So I think that's going to be a great little move. They had there help their defense, getting some good players, Milton uh, Williams, and then Zach McPherson are two good options to have to play on that back end. So I do think the Eagles had a really good draft as well. All right. I'm going to do my third team, Josh, because I'm ready for it. Okay. All right. But did you want to say something? I mean, I'm curious now what you're going to do as we're we're jumping the order here. So I was afraid they had a really good draft and I don't know if I, I didn't want you to take them. Okay. All right. Go ahead. So it's not the Jets. I do think they do a good job, but it's not the Jets. I am going to Cleveland. I thought the Browns had a did, – did I do it? Wow, what a jerk move. Dude, I yeah. thought the it's Browns – right. I'm together. so good. I have a fourth team ready, so I don't even need – Wow. I, yeah, go you ahead. Could, you could agree with me here. I thought the Browns absolutely crushed it. They drafted Greg Newsom, who fell a little bit, but they're literally trying to turn their defense that's already good into an elite defense. Okay, of course, yep. they loaded up. They got the kid, which I like to say this way, J-O-K, a lot better than actually trying to pronounce his name. I like that. Okay, too. J-O-K, who fell as well. They traded up to get this linebacker who, again, their defense is already good, and they're making it elite. I think their defense is going to be so great. They picked up a wide receiver that if he stays consistent, okay, and Anthony Schwartz, yeah, yep. if he stays consistent, he's going to be a great option for them. You know, behind uh, Odell Beckham. I mean, I think they did all. I really do. I think they did a great draft. 
Okay, Josh, yeah. where do you want to add on them? I would just add, I think, you know, I agree with everything you said, of course. I also like the offensive tackle that they got, James Hudson. People had a third-round grade on him. He ended up going the fourth round. Cleveland's ready. You know, they were made the playoffs, won a game in the playoffs. Yeah, they were my third team as well. But I'm ready to go on the fly here, you know, just to kind of piss off the Jet fans out there. What about the New England Patriots? They did you know, have a good draft. They, they just know what they're doing out there. They didn't trade a whole lot this time. They're usually big traders where they get those mid-round picks. But they waited. And in pick 15, they get Mac Jones. They get the guy that they want. And then in the second round, they go back to Alabama. And they get Christian Barrymore, who arguably could be, be the best defensive tackle in this draft. So they get the quarterback they want. They get the tackle that they want. I also like Ronnie Perkins. People also had a higher grade on him. He falls to them in the third round. I think the draft kind of fell for them in the right way. But potentially getting the QB of the future with Mac Jones, getting a true defensive tackle there, kind of clog up the middle on top of all the moves they made. I think their first two picks alone make it worth it. Again, they weren't my third team originally. I was going to go Cleveland. But, um, yeah, I think the Patriots had a good draft as well. Yeah, I, I thought they did phenomenal. I hate to say it, but it's like Alabama is turning into the minor leagues of the Patriots. Like, it seems like all these great Alabama guys go right to the Patriots. So, you know, good for them, unfortunately. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I, I don't think – I don't know if Mac Jones is ready to start this year, but it's going to be interesting moving forward. It's a good place to learn, so I'm okay with it there. So let's get into who didn't have a good draft, Max. I have three teams here that I was expecting a little bit more. Well, two of them I'm expecting more from, and I'll get into it. One I have no hope for, and I think they're just a disaster organization. So let's get into it. I'll let you go first, though. What is the first team you got on your list? All right, I'm going to pick the Raiders. I think that's mm. a no-brainer there. It Like, picking Alex Leatherwood – in the first round at 17 was a huge, huge reach. Okay. But, you know, to give them some credit, teaming him up with Trayvon Mooring, the safety, okay, makes it sound a little bit better. But after that, getting that safety in that second round, they went safety, safety, safe. They went very safety heavy, didn't address some of their other needs like the O-line or the D-line. And then if you look at the other people in their division, we talked about the charges already. Denver looks good, and the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They didn't really do much to kind of separate them, and I think it's going to really hurt them. Yeah, so. I would agree. Surprised by the, the Raiders picking the first round. I would not be ha- I'd be happy there. They were close making my list. I went a little bit different of a direction here. I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts first, mm. and maybe a surprise to some people. Obviously, they get Carson Wentz. So in our last week's pod, you talked about – have the Colts had a good have a good offensive line, and they do historically. But Anthony Costanzo uh, um, retired, so they're missing a left tackle, and that's why I was hoping they'd get one. They people think they could move Quentin Nelson out, but they really did not address the position whatsoever. Surprising, they got a guy in the seventh round, but I don't really trust that. That they have no depth there, so they're if they're, they're an injury away from being a lot of trouble on the O line. Then they take two defensive guys early, and Quiddy Pay, who I like. But in four years, only has 11 and a half sacks. So he doesn't get the pressure that you'd want. So he's a bit of a project there. Then they got Deo. I can't pronounce his last name. We'll go with Deo. We'll use this. He's coming off a torn ACL. So you have Quiddy Pay, who's a bit of a raw project. You got a guy coming off a torn ACL, which I don't understand there. You know, a risk, of course. Then they take Sam Ellinger, Texas QB. 
they just took Jason, Jacob Eason in the fourth round last year. So right. they take a fourth round player where I don't really understand, or sorry, six, they took, uh, Ellison was a, Eason was a uh, fourth, Ellinger was a sixth this year. But you take two QBs that you're basically competing for the backup job. Like, right. didn't really with see the move there well. with, with Carson Wentz. So I just, the draft didn't make a lot of sense for me for the Colts. I think there was better opportunities for them. They took a lot of risk and a lot of projects. The team, I think, is close and should be very competitive this year. And I thought a couple different moves really could have put them back in the mix. So I was a little surprised by their draft. Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, this, the Colts were pretty surprising that they drafted uh, not the way they should have. All right, moving along, I'm picking the team that made probably the reachiest of reaches. And the, the team is pretty much in a mess. I'm going with the Texans. Okay, mm. they didn't have a lot of picks, number one. They went with Davis Mills as their, I think it was their first pick, and I think it was the third round. Okay, it was a huge reach. He is a big project. So you don't even have, like, a quarterback that you can kind of put in and have him learn from. You know, Deshaun Watson thing is really, you know, playing an issue with them. But they needed offensive help. Okay, they did get a little bit of it. Okay, but they didn't do anything to address their defense. J.J. Watt's not there anymore. Okay. They didn't get an edge rusher, which they needed. They didn't get a cornerback, which they needed. Okay, so the picks that they got, obviously some reaches there, but some of the picks, they didn't address the needs that they really did need. Okay, I know the Texans are a lot, you know, they're they're in a world of hurt. Okay, but I just think they could have done a lot better. I think their defense is a mess, and they didn't really do anything to help it, and I don't think they're understanding the loss that J.J. Watt is going to give them. Like, that is a huge piece that you are now losing that you're going to have to fill, okay? And I just don't think they did enough to do it. And it doesn't help having your first pick in the third round. So, yeah, yeah going with the so, Texans. Yeah, the Texans are actually on my list, too, and I'll come up with a, a third one as we swing back here. But, yeah, the Texans, I think, are in trouble for a while here as they're missing their first-round pick next year as well. Yep. It's going to be a struggle for that organization. For me, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints, actually, with my next pick. So the Saints lost Trey Hendrickson, Jared Cook, Emmanuel Sanders, and Sheldon Rankins. Of course, Drew Brees retires. So they have Taysom Hill and Jameis Winston out there. They really had, I think, an opportunity to look at a receiver here. It's basically it's just Michael Thomas and nobody else. As Sanders has left, and they've always had an issue there. They could have went quarterback, linebacker. Instead, they go defensive end and Peyton Turner, yeah. who – most people kind of had as a round two, but you know, you're into first round. It's okay. But my issue with it is um, who is he starting over cam Jordan or Marcus Davenport? These are both all pro. Yeah. And, right. and so you basically got a depth pick here, which it didn't make a lot of sense to me. They go after a linebacker in the next round again, has a chance to start in the middle for the line for the New Orleans, but not sure. Next, they take Ian book in the fourth. They had a third round corner in there. I think it's Okay. But they go Ian Book in the fourth. Ian Book maybe projects as a backup quarterback. So I don't really get the move there. Is he really going to have to compete with Hill and Winston? Like I just feel like they didn't make a whole lot of moves that really helped the roster get better. And now you're doing a Drew Brees Drew Brees team, and I think they're going to struggle, especially when, especially in the quarterback position. If you want another quarterback, there were a couple guys that went undrafted that got signed, especially Jamie Newman who was at Wake Forest, transferred to Georgia, but didn't end up not playing, who I actually like better than Ian Book, who got signed as an undrafted free agent. So 
just a very surprising draft. It felt very flat. They didn't have a lot of picks, the Saints. So, yeah, give me the Saints here as a, who had a bad draft. And it's funny because the Saints actually had a good defense last year. You know, they really yeah. revamped it from previous. And I actually thought their defense didn't need too much. And it was, it was pretty surprising to see what they did in the draft. Yeah, it's. I don't know why you get like a backup, you know, backup in the first round. That's not usually what you're targeting in the first round. Right. Okay, so my last team is the Seahawks. This team mm-hmm. actually had the fewest picks in the draft. I think they only had three. So they really yeah. had to hit on all their drafts. And their first pick was a wide receiver, Estridge, which he's good, but he is pretty much, I think I saw a projection, he's projected out to be kind of like Tyler, Tyler Lockett. So it mm-hmm. was a little interesting on why you would pick a wide receiver who has the same skill sets as Tyler Lockett. So I thought that was, you know, very interesting um, there. They need to do more to protect Wilson. He's been complaining so much. He's been sacked the most. So I really thought they were going to go out there with their picks that they had and try to protect him, get that offensive line back up and ready to go. And they didn't do that. Okay. I know they couldn't really with their three picks, but if you know you have that little of picks, you got to make moves. And like we talked about, you brought it up in one of the, the chargers. I think you brought up. Free agency. They had such a chance to address that in free agency, and I don't think they did enough. Okay? Yeah. So, And we, it kind of goes right to what Wilson was upset about. He was complaining a little bit about the Seahawks, and I, I think they couldn't, but I think, you know, they put themselves in that bad position to do that. Yeah, I think, you know, something to look at with these guys a little bit is they're missing picks. Jamal Adams, of course, was the reason yeah. they don't have a first or a third. Mm-hmm. They got Gabriel, Gabe Jackson from the Raiders, he's a guard, fifth-round pick, and their seventh-round pick went for Carlos Dunlap. So they have some veterans in that place, but I agree with you. I think they could have done a little bit more here. I would have not have taken the wide receiver in the second round. As to your point, there were a lot of offensive tackles out there and guards that were highly touted that they yeah. could have taken that spot instead. And the receiver, you know, you're looking at basically a wide receiver three that you're hoping for at best. Exactly. not venturing Lockett and Metcalf. So I agree with you completely there. All right, my last, last team here, I'm going a little off off script, of course, because Max took the Texans from me. But I'm going to go with my own Cowboys. Now, I'll really? say this. Interesting. Yeah, I love the Micah Parsons pick. So they trade back at the third-round pick, extra third-round pick with the Eagles. It was weird to trade, though, with the Eagles to begin with and let them get the receiver that they wanted. But I guess yeah. the Cowboys were like, well, either the Giants are going to get them, the Eagles are going to get them anyway, so why not just get something out of one of these teams? So I'm okay with that. Um but it'll be interesting to see where Michael Parsons fit. We have Van Der Esch, so who's a health injury concern there, um, and Jalen Smith. So he, he will go with those guys as Sean Lee retires and they replace him, one Penn State linebacker with another. My issue wasn't there, though, truly. I like Michael Parsons a lot. I, he arguably could be the best defensive player in the draft. It gets worse after that for me a little bit. Kelvin Joseph, cornerback, I thought there was better options there in the second round. We talked about Asante Samuel Jr. And then the next couple of picks – there's the kid out of UCLA, Osa. Again, I can't pronounce his last name. Good defensive tackle, but a bit undersized for the 4-3 defense they're now switching to. And the next couple picks they had in the third round, most of them had grades that were um, lower, and the Cowboys reached on those picks. So I didn't love some of the reaches they had. I thought they had opportunities to get better players. They had a clearly had a mindset going in that we want certain guys. And we're just going with them regardless. And so that I don't always love. I think sometimes you be enamored with a guy, and it's got to pan out. Cowboys do okay with some of those picks in the past. So I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. But 
I was expecting a little bit of a different result when it came to the Cowboys. All right, fair. Um, it's that's it, man. I mean, that is the draft. It is done. We uh, this is pretty much where the roster starts to take shape. There's definitely going to be a lull because it's pretty much now until training camp gets going. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be a little bit of a drag until we get there. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, kind of kicking off the NFL season and us uh, getting into, obviously, some fantasy football. We'll do a lot in ahead of that. So looking forward to that. But good draft, Max. We'll uh, we'll try to get better next time, I guess. Absolutely. We are, you can only go up from here, right? Yeah, I definitely Listen, can only go up. I'll be honest. I saw some experts who, first of all, let's be honest. We didn't predict trades, and we didn't predict, no. you know, craziness like the Raiders picking a kid who can be drafted in the third round in the first. So like there were definitely surprises and crazy things going on. And we can't, you know, I saw experts who only had so many picks right. And those are the yeah. experts. We're trying to be experts. I'm very close, obviously. You know, five or sixteen, that's not bad. Yeah, but, you are close. <laughs> but I'm very close to that level. So I you know what? I think we're just gonna get better. All right. I love you. The top 10. All right. Let's head into our top 10. We are finishing out our top 10 series with baseball jerseys. Max, I think I usually let you start off the top 10, but because you cut me off with the Browns, I'm going to start us off with 10 through 6 this time. All right. It was interesting when I went into this one because I will tell you that I definitely feel like I got – some of the newer jerseys for some of these teams played a huge factor in for me as I if when I get into my top five, especially two through five. I mean, number one, I went super biased, of course, but <laughs> two through five, um, you know, there's definitely a, a bit of a, a newness to it. So number 10 for me, I went with your amazing Mets at number 10. Of course. I think it's a classic jersey. I like the orange when it gets mixed in and, you know, like that all orange, with the blue lettering. I think it's mm-hmm. nice. Number nine, I went Red Sox. It's the classic. I hate the Red Sox, but it is a classic jersey. People know what it is when they see it out there. Minnesota Twins, I, I like just the color of the Twins jerseys. I think they look real slick. They also are a team that kind of revamped their jersey a little yeah. bit, added some new flavor to it, which I like. The Cubs are number seven for me, an iconic baseball team right there. Got to love that classic blue jersey that they, they rock. And then number six, I went with the Oakland A's. I like that green and yellow combo. There's something about it that just stands out for me. Part of me always has a little, little love for the A's in my heart, but I like that A's jersey at number six. All right. Not bad. We had one same in the top ten. So number ten, I'm putting those freaking Yankees there. Have to give credit Boo. to where credit's due. I almost didn't put them on the list, but I feel like I was going to get a lot of junk for it. So they can go at number ten. I guess the pinstripes are nice, but that's all I got to say. Number, yeah, yeah, I figured, I I already know. That's all right. You actually, your top 10 is already my, I'm sorry, you listed in team already, and that's my number one. So just keep that there. Number nine, I'm going with the Mariners. Okay. I really like the teal. I like a team with a good teal color. Okay. Mm -hmm. They throw in a little bit of silver as well. They're, it's just like, it's a little bit more darker than a normal teal. It's almost on the green edge, edge, but it looks nice. Number eight, I went with the reds. It's clean. The red and white, it just looks nice, okay? And I, you know what? If you put a man with a big giant uh, baseball head as your logo, 
It's awesome. So I'm going to put you in there, giving you credit for that. Number seven, went with the Cubs as well. You said it. It is a classic, classic look. Okay. It's, it's just, it's great. And then number six, another classic are the Dodgers. The blue and white. Okay. It's clean. It has not really changed. Okay. It just, nothing's needed. It's great. So there's rounding out my top, uh, my six through 10. All right. For me, number five, I, I put your Dodgers up one. Again, I think it's another iconic jersey. I've been to that stadium. I love it out there. Oh, it's nice. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So give me the Dodgers at number five. Number four, I'm going with the Texas Rangers. Interesting. Yeah, they have six different jerseys that are active out there. I like when they mix in the all red with the white pants. The baby blues are pretty solid. Yep. They have two different types of dark blues. They have the gray. I like the, even the white jersey with the red hat and the blue writing. I think that's a very solid jersey. So give me the Rangers at number four. Definitely a surprise pick, of course. Number three, I go with the Milwaukee Brewers. This is another one that, of course, they've kind of changed things up. They have currently four active jerseys. The Milwaukee, where it says Milwaukee across the chest with the blue, like that deep blue with the yellow and that yellow, main yellow hat with the blue coloring on the side, I really like. They also have the classic white. They have the they have their own little pinstripe, and they have have a gray that I like as well. Again, I like the depth of jerseys. They are new. They are updated. Number two, I'm going with the Padres. I love these jerseys. It's a complete change from what I grew up with, of course, is the Padres jerseys. I love the different colors that they have going on right now. Another place that I've been in a stadium I like, and, you know, I just – I really like what the Padres have done with the uniforms. And number one, a friend of mine called this out, as I called it the Cowboys, the most iconic jersey. You know what? I was wrong, and he was right. It is the pinstripes. The New York Yankees are everything. They are – people can't see, but Max is yawning right now. But the New York Yankees, they are the evil empire for the reason. Max is just a Yankee hater, folks, okay? That's fair. That's true. I did the nice thing. We both put each other's teams at 10. But I will say this. I, didn't, I don't hate the Mets. It's not my fault the Mets have always lost. But I don't feel like this <laughs> hatred towards them that Max feels towards the Yankees. So That's how I was raised. I have an old yeah. man. Father told me this is the way it is or I can't eat. And clearly I can eat. So, you know, I did what he told me to do. I, I guess so, but yeah, the Yankees are number one, and I don't think it's close. So. It's fair. I mean, there is one that is a little bit better. Um, so a lot of the ones that you named, I actually have in different orders. Number five, I have the Padres. This is awesome, okay? You can't find another team that wears brown and wears it so well. Yeah, it looks so good. I, I mean, think the Browns really, look so stupid. Right? <laughs> the brown, I mean, their brown and yellow is nice, and their logo, it's an old man with a swing and a bat. Like, yeah. that's awesome. Okay, so the Padres are number five. Number four, you talked about it, the Brewers. Again, it's one of those looks. They also redid it, like you said. But it just looks awesome. Like, it looks yeah. great. I love the navy blue and yellow. I think it's just a cool color. And they're, I mean, have, how did you not bring up their logo? I mean, their glove, that's the M and the B. Like, one of the best yeah. logos in all the sports, I will say. Um, number three, I'm putting my Mets in there. Okay, that is a cool look. My favorite Mets jersey is it's blue with the silver outlining of New York with a little bit of orange is one of my favorite jerseys. It's Respect awesome. That. They are bringing back the black as well. Oh, that is, yes. If they do, I mean, that is just what a look. The black is great. Number two, I kind of like what your range is in there. A little surprise. I'm going with the Blue Jays. 
Okay. Oh, okay. I love the Blue Jays colors. They're another team that has like 14 different combos that they could wear. They got the red top jerseys. I think they wear those for Canada Day. Okay. They have their, their powder blue as well. They have white. They kind of have an old school look, which is nice. But number one, you mentioned it in your top, your six through 10. The Oakland A's are phenomenal jerseys. You said it before, the green and yellow is so, it shouldn't work. I went to, you know, art school and elementary school. Those colors shouldn't match and shouldn't work, but they do, okay? They also mix it up. You know, they bring in some throwbacks with a little bit of white, make it, you know, predominant. Like, it just, it works. And I love the A's color combo. I think it's great. Yeah, I, I get it. Listen, you yeah. know me. I was no. never going to put the Yankees at number one. You just had no. to know that was going to happen. And, and our, our combined list next week of all the top tens are going to be drastically yes. different. And I look forward to that. We'll have to try to, like, really give out, like, a little bit more detail about the jersey themselves. And maybe what we should do for the top ten is we're picking it, the ten of the, the, key, the, the big four sports is maybe it's we use one main jersey as our driver to kind of not just all of them. So, like, I'm, you know, let's talk about, like, Let's say you pick the Padres and like use their brown jersey as the focal point of like where why they're on the list. You know what I mean? Versus like it'd be hard to talk through every team's depth of, of jersey. Of course. Now so, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. That is gonna be probably the hardest top ten list that we're gonna come together because we're taking four lists and turning them into one. Yeah. Good so. thing it's a light week at work for me, right? That's uh, yes. <laughs> good, good, good. So, so. Other than that, out there, next week we are going to debut the Hanging in the Nest email. And what our hope is for out there, for that out there, start emailing us in, maybe some questions, maybe some feedback. We'll read them on the pod. We will announce what that email is next week on the show. And the following week, we'll hopefully start reading some emails out there. So that is looking, you know, something else. Yeah, to look we want some to. reviews. Come on, tell us what you guys think. Okay, let's get this out there. We want people to know we are here. Okay. Yeah, and we're just getting better. I mean, we're getting started, man. This is just we're, just, we're, we're just getting started, and that's why we also started recapping how we did that with some feedback we got from someone. Let the people know that you're doing so well, and like we are crushing it, man. My pickups, especially at first base, Nate Lowell and Jesus Aguilar. If one of those guys is your first baseman yeah. right now, you are looking good, absolutely. But Max, it's always a pleasure. Let's get on the golf course this week if possible. Yeah, golf is out there, people. So if you want to come play with the, with the hawk and the turkey, we are available. Do you think we, we don't... podcast better, or do you think we play golf better? We probably podcast better. Oh, we don't we play golf. Are great. Killing it in the podcast game. Yeah, our golf game not as great. We won't charge you to play with us the first time. If we don't like playing with you, then we may charge you the second time. That's, That's fair. That's a good point. Maybe we'll have to do a grand prize of a, a round of golf with the uh, hawk, hawk and the turkey. Yeah, I think that'd be good. Whoever brings the best cigar will probably get, you know, there you go. In with me a, a little bit easier. So, <laughs> all right, folks, for the hawk and the turkey, we will see you next time. Later, guys.